on this episode of Shooting the Shit with Saints. And my, oh, and my papa got COVID. As a man of the Sands gene pool, right? You look at yourself and you go, D-Wade, D-Rose, me. And then you go, what the fuck are you talking about? Elite athletes with bad knees. I still make it work. A man who only eats beef and beef only and only drinks Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola only. That's the man that beat COVID. That gene pool is rocking. But you're going to sit there and go, oh, he can't do that again. You realize when I when I started, do, when I stopped doing that, you realize some of these guys are repeat offenders. Okay. And I'm not talking about Deshaun. Sorry. And they keep getting, why did I say offender? ready huh you miss huh you miss me huh they miss the kid yo so before we get into this fantasy football shit listen there's nothing to cover in the nba right everybody got their rudy gobert takes out yes i i've trashed kevin durant on my podcast that i recorded like a month ago whatever uh, i didn't release it but here's why okay one, I was going through a mental health uh, stage there, and it wasn't bad. Like I wasn't super sad. It's like that that time you need to yourself to get into your zen zen zone. There you go, your zen zone where you're like, all right, what am I pursuing? And I've done this thing where I'm goal oriented now, so I'm trying to go towards these goals. And no bullshit, guys. So that was that's not even a reason. It was just me. To, taking a step back from everything and it had nothing to do with the podcast really just my life in general the one thing that was fucking killing me dude I'm not gonna lie to you was I had a Nia's family reunion at my house every week every week I've had I had a family reunion her sister's coming to town then I go I meet her uncle and her aunt then her cousin and grandma show up. So I have no time to edit or or I'm going to be the bad guy, right? I'm going to be the bad guy because I'm pursuing an interest of mine that is fun to me. And I'm going to be the shithead that's just sitting over here. Why are you not talking to them? Are, do you not like my family? Hmm? Do you not like them? Do you not want to go out to eat with them? I can tell them to leave if you want. I think you're being kind of rude. You know, like the... The fucking passive aggressiveness just becomes blatant disrespect. It goes from like, are you feeling okay? Because you're acting kind of weird to like, yo, they can fucking leave and we can have a conversation. You're being rude as fuck. It's very quick. Very quick to turn its head on you, you know? So, I didn't do any of that. I played Xbox a couple nights for like an hour and a half, two hours. That was it. Didn't drink any alcohol. Nothing like that. Just chilling. Taking all my vices away. Taking all my vices away. Alcohol, podcasting, video games. I had nothing left. Nothing left. So here I am. And I'm excited to pod again, man. This is fun as fuck. So um, 
but yeah, I shouldn't have taken that long of a break, but I don't give a shit. No offense. I mean, I, I recorded three podcasts, so it's like I didn't just do anything. I recorded over 15, 15, 15 videos. The things that happened in that process were treacherous, deep waters, thoughts that would make you call a hotline. I'll tell you that. Terminated files. Uh, the mic right here was unplugged. You see, it's kind of wiggly. It unplugged. Boop. When I was recording a video, recorded 30 minutes on Kevin Durant and why he's not worth the trade. Um, like the trade value that he's been apparently evaluated. It's like the, what was that? That company Jared Leto plays on the Apple TV series. And they're like, we're going to give you a $3 billion valuation. I just don't think Kevin Durant is worth that much money. I think you need to knock it down a couple percentile points. That's all I was saying, but I didn't get to say it because my fucking mic was out. And that's when you have a rage fest as a creator because you're just like, man, I actually woke up today. I had a lot of notes on Kevin Durant. I had a lot of notes or whatever you're creating about, and it just didn't go your way. You spent fucking an hour and a half. You said, oh, that's a bad take. I'll do it again. Ah, that 15 minutes was... It could be more detailed. Let's do it again, trying to perfect it. And then it just doesn't record your voice, right? And then another thing, I went to Austin uh, to go see my homie Jamal. I missed him, and I luckily got a week off from work. So they let me do that. Uh, and yeah, now Nia's gone on a trip. Nia's uh, in, in Gulf Shores. I mean, she probably wouldn't want me. You know, women don't want, them, want you to tell them their location. Like somebody's just going to go find her in the middle of Gulf Shores. Um, so she gets kidnapped, I guess that's on me, but, and my, oh, and my papa got COVID, my papa got COVID, uh, middle of July, and I literally was in my bed, like, borderline weeping, because I thought my papa was dead, but then you, as a man of the Sands gene pool, right, you look at yourself and you go, D-Wade D Rose, me. And then you go, what the fuck are you talking about? Elite athletes with bad knees. I still make it work. I shot a 120 on the golf course two week a weekend ago. 120 ripped my knee apart. Bro, look at the bruising on my knee. Look at that shit. If you can't see it, it's fu- it was worse. It's healed. It was black and blue. I ripped it so hard, I had fluid all in my knee. Guess what? Shot a six, a six, and then an eight on a par four. Then you realize, that's nothing. (laughs) Look what I'm about to compare this to. That is nothing compared to what my grandpa did. Sniper in Vietnam War. Did, I believe, force whores for the, uh, the military. And then why would I think he couldn't battle through? Oh, and also, I don't know if I told, I think I've told you all my, this podcast, my grandpa cut three of his fingers off with a fucking chains or a, a table saw, cut three of his fingers off, just walked in the house and goes, he goes, Jerry, we need to go to the hospital. And she's like, why? He's like, bam, bitch, I ain't got no fingers. Still got all his fingers though. Still got all his fingers. That happened less than three years ago, two years ago. It's almost an 80-year-old man just out there making woodwork shit for fun. 
That's what he does. He's a lucky retired man. But that's what happened. He popped fucking COVID right in the mouth. Counter shot. Okay? Y'all want to come out and brawl. You know, you want to you wanna push the pace. My papa took it slow. Waited for his one shot. Slick movement. Da-dow. Took him four days to recover. The fuck? A man who won't eat white meat? A man who eats barbecue Lay's chips with cheese and pickles on it? A man who only eats beef and beef only and only drinks Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola only? That's the man that beat COVID. You understand me? That gene pool is rocking. Shout out to Paul Paul, man. And his name, Lee. It's in uh, every generation of boys has the name. My uncle and me, there's only two generations, but as we continue life, I hope to have a boy or a girl. I can move that name on. Okay. So, Hunter Lee, Russell Lee. Lee. Hoo ah! That's what he does every time he sees a military show. And he, hey, fantasy football, man. Listen. There are certain things we do as a collective unit. A collective unit. And we fuck up sometimes. So after this, we're going to get into it. I'm actually going to write a list down because y'all know when I start rambling, it'll be a fantasy football talk. And then, I mean, I'll be talking about the Miami Heat out of nowhere. (laughs) So there you go, guys. I'll be right back. I'm going to make a little list. And then... We'll get to it, man. Let's get it popping. Shooting the shit with Sam. Thank you, Nia. Thank you. The beautiful Nia's out of town this week. How are we doing, people? Okay, 12 tips. 12 tips to do your fantasy thing. Once again, I had another corrupted file. Sent it to Chris and them. I've been having corrupted files on this certain server, not this one. I'm using a different one. But the other one is terrible. Anyways, let's just get to it, man. 12 tips to make you a better drafter. And guys, these are like reminders almost. Nothing crazy where you're going, oh man, he enlightened me. But maybe it is. Maybe you aren't. Maybe you're a novice fantasy football player and you need to hear some of this shit. And also some of the elite guys like me. I'm not an elite player. I know what I'm doing. though. <laughs> the, the arrogance. Yo, me, the elite of the elite, the king. Yeah, no. I'm just saying guys like me who've been playing for a while that feel like they know their shit kind of forget these things because they think they know everything, to be honest. So, and I'm one of those people, let me tell you. Why do you think I'm talking? Rule number one, to me, this is the most important one, dude. Stop planning out your draft right now. Get it out of your head. Get it out of your head. Now, this is different than going, between these two guys, I want this guy. But you also, with that term, I'll get to that, I guess, but we'll just elaborate on that. Also, with that, you know, thought process, you have to not just eliminate that plan B. Through, like, that happens a lot, too. You, you eliminate the plan B throughout the whole draft because in all your mocks, you got this one guy at a certain point. Okay? So stop eliminating your plan B, but this is why you don't plan out your draft. All right, you're sitting there at the middle of the first round, and you want to RB. You're like, I have to get a running back right now. You have Christian McCaffrey sitting there coming off two injuries the last two years. And you have Jamar Chase at number six, number seven, wherever you're at. If you take Christian McCaffrey 
Why is that bad, Hunter? I'm not saying it's bad. It may turn out well. There is much more risk in that pick than Jamar Chase. Yes, you're always risking injury picking somebody. You're picking a fucking football player. But ones with injury history, obviously, have more chance of getting hurt. And that's risk. You don't need to be risky with your first round pick. You don't need to be the guy that tries to be smarter than everybody and pick a dude that's whose ADP is 15th overall and you're taking him at number seven. Don't be that guy. Okay? Because it, it may work out for you, but most of the time it's probably not. And once again, common, common rule. I did not make this up, obviously. You can't win a draft with your first-round pick. You will definitely lose one. You will definitely lose a league with your first-round pick if you mess that up. Absolutely, unconditionally fact. If you fuck that first round up, dude, in back-to-back no, in back-to-back years, I got Todd Gurley. Yeah, I know. This guy says he knows what he's talking about. And then I got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, you can call me stupid. You just did. You probably turned off this fucking podcast. But at the same time, the hype going in with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I fell into it, and that's okay, and I went against my rookie running back rule, by the way. I never draft rookie running backs in the first two rounds, okay? Never in my life. But, yeah, just stop playing out your drafts because you're going to – you're not going to get the best value pick out of your team. You're just not. That's how it works, all right? Very simple. Second one, this is an in-season tip that I have to get better at, even though I did get better last season. Dude, waiver wires are for chance and for risk, okay? This is for upside splash players or a handcuff or something like that. This isn't something you just hold on to the whole year. I understand if you're, if you're one of these teams that are 9-1, 10-1, or whatever. You start off the season 6-0, shit like that. I understand holding on to that number one spot, of course. And don't get it twisted. If you're a team that's over there building through the waiver wire because your team is so bad or you have that many injuries, with injuries it's a little different. But if you're building on your your team off the waiver wire, your team's fucked, man. I hate to tell you. Your team is done for already, right? And hopefully your team has a waiver account or y'all have the uh, the budget. I forgot what that's called, but like the free agent budget where you spend certain amounts of dollars throughout the season for – for waivers. Now, I'm in a, a league with unlimited waivers, and it's terrible, right? It's just guys going in at 3 a.m., setting an alarm before they go to work, almost the whole league, not my 12-man standard, my 10-man PPR, and they just add drop, add drop, add drop. You know what I mean? It's just so annoying. So hopefully you put a little waiver cap on there to help you out. But if you're a novice starting player, don't put a cap on that. Don't. There's no point. But once again, dude, a dude like me before last year would not have even touched Cordero Patterson because you go, he's 30 years old, he's playing for the Atlanta Falcons, there's no way he keeps this up. But at the same time, why are you overanalyzing that chance to get a running back that you could add to your squad that possibly could be an RB1 throughout the whole season, which he ended up being, right? But you're going to sit there and go, oh, he can't do that again. You realize when I when I started do, when I stopped doing that, you realize some of these guys are repeat offenders, okay? And I'm not talking about Deshaun. I'm not talking about Deshaun, sorry. And they keep getting why did I say offender? 
<laughs> Why did I say that? Anyways, <laughs> you realize that they keep doing the same thing over and over again. They're like, oh, they are getting eight targets a game. They are. And it continues. Or they're getting 16 rushes, and you didn't expect that from a certain backfield, things of that nature. So remember, use the waiver wire. Don't be a pussy. Just use it. What's it going to hurt? And once again, if you're building through waiver wires, you're screwed. Um, this is a huge one for my 12-man and all leagues, really. Evaluate trades realistically. Like, this is a thing where not even holistically as a league we have to, even though most of those people that are approving trades in my 12-man don't have brains, which is totally fine. Like, y'all beat me every year, but y'all definitely don't have brains. Evaluate these trades realistically, and this is what I mean. So when you're going into a trade, for instance, we had a trade last year that didn't go through, and he would not approve it. Uh, in my 10-man PPR, where this dude was scared to, he's like, nah, George Kittle's worth more than that. Since when? He has one huge game on Sunday Night Football. To me, that's a sell-high moment, right? That's a sell-high moment. And Bates was like, no, I'm not trading him. He's more expensive than your wide receiver two and your running back three or wide receiver two and wide receiver three. Or you try to, just because my team's uh, good enough to have really good players on the bench, he's like, he's on your bench. I'm like, he would start for your garbage-ass team, okay? So you have to evaluate those trades realistically. And guys, I'm I'm not against vetoing trades. I'm more for it, even though they mostly don't get vetoed, but... Man, we got you got to have a veto trade system because you'll be in one of those leagues where these clowns like collude and they like I make jokes about that in my my 12 man. It's not really happening. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but, you know, some people will collude just to split winnings. That shit is corny. That shit is really corny. So don't don't do that. That is terrible. I know that's like simple shit, but like people will do that because they're fucking pathetic and they have no sense of competition they have no competitive juices in their body so once again evaluate those trades right because you may be getting laced he may be getting laced and don't get taken advantage of for a need to take away to strip your team down like i said i i recorded a pot on the kevin durant shit that'll never release like i said don't strip your whole roster down to put in this piece that could pop off and maybe get you to the playoffs or get you past the playoffs, definitely not going to the finals without amazing teammates, right? Like Kevin Durant, correct? A little shot there. But yeah, evaluate trades realistically. And then we go to another rule. Stop attaching to players. Stop falling in love with this random wide receiver, too, that you're overdrafting every single year because he he did that that one week where he had 28 points against your best friend and you were talking shit to him or he was just randomly on your roster when when you won a championship or got the deepest you've ever gotten in fantasy stop doing that shit me with Todd Gurley I wouldn't let the man go I wouldn't let him go he was my toxic ex I kept texting him I would say hey he would wait 2 days to say hey back He really didn't want to come to my team, but I had to have him because he's all I knew at the time, right? I knew how good the pussy was, okay? So I kept running back, all right? Don't attach to players because then you're going to overvalue these guys 
and you're going to draft a fucking wide receiver three as your wide receiver two and wonder why your team isn't good and you're never going to blame that guy, right? You're never blaming that one guy because he's your guy. (laughs) Funny enough, the other rule that I have is go get your guy. (laughs) But I don't mean like that. So stop attaching to players. Once again, you'll overvalue them, overdraft them. It'll ruin your value chart on your team, and you'll be screwed. So what I mean by go get your guy is a top-level player or a guy where his ADP is lower, way lower than you think it should be. Mine this year, I have two, really. And my first, uh, I'm not even going to try to say implementation. There you go. I said it. Of the the best value, best sleeper, and undraftable series that I'm going to come out with is the AFC West. And my guy is Hunter Renfro. Um, His ADP, I believe, is wide receiver 31. And he had comparable seasons to Mike Williams and Travis Kelsey, who are going way above him. Right? Overall, everything. So that's my guy. And I'm going to get him a little earlier than most people will. And I go into the Josh McDaniels offense, things of that nature. So the slots get hoard. So that's why I'm going with that guy. I also like Rashad Bateman a lot. I know he's their number one. I know they're a run-heavy team, but it feels as though without Marquise Brown out there, who is just really a big, deep threat, and with Rashad Bateman in last year getting those targets that I saw, the target show was pretty nice considering uh, how many times Lamar Jackson passes the ball. He will get six to ten targets a game this year, in my opinion. He'll probably end the, end the year with over 100 targets, honestly. I really believe that. So those are my guys. And if you want to make overdraft that guy a little bit, I'm not going to lie. Or if you know a run's coming, you know those runs go where it's like wide receiver run in like the third, fourth or fifth round. Now it's bumped up to the third or fourth round where everybody's just going wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Take that guy in that run and don't feel bad about it. Because that if you're that sold on somebody and you don't get him, you're going to fucking punch yourself in the face every week watching him ball out if he's not on your team, right? So so I'm saying we'll go get your guy. Uh, another thing that the public has to stop doing with fantasy is judging players off their best year and also judging players off their worst year. Now, the caveat to this is young prospects, right? You see a Javante. He's coming off a hell of a year. Now, do I think their offense is going to switch up a little bit? Yes, but I think that brings more home run potential to this offense without Drew Luck, uh, Drew Luck, Drew Locke back there. He wishes he was Andrew Luck. Um, and I truly believe it. So I love Javante. And I love young prospects like that. But we also, are you going to not draft Allen Robinson until the seventh round this year? He was actually... Last year, he was an undraftable player at the end of the year. You shouldn't have had him on your roster. And I cut him. But are you not going to draft him? Because I think Allen Robinson is due for a big year. Let me tell you what players I attach to. And don't ever get it twisted. I am a fucking hypocrite. I'll probably, I'll probably draft Todd Gurley in the 16th round just in case he makes a comeback. I'll say it. I'll say it. I don't care. Might get Clyde, too. I'm not. But yeah, just stop judging these guys off their amazing season they had randomly. I'm not talking about Cooper Cup, right? Like Cooper Cup obviously has shown throughout the years that he can do that. Not the best season ever by a wide receiver, but be the number one receiver on that team. And now with an elite quarterback, his numbers jump up to 
historic rates, but I don't think he's going to repeat that season, and that's not the goal. Stop looking at guys to repeat legendary seasons as well. Look for consistent players on a year-by-year basis. A dude that isn't really talked about a lot, I was looking at the Texans roster. Brandon Cooks has like 1,000 yards six of his seven years. Six of the last seven years, he has 1,000 yards. Like, that's crazy. Mostly when you think of him as an injury-prone player with concussions, things of that nature. So once again, dude, just because a dude went crazy last year and it just looks like this is weird, why did why did they do that? Like this whole, like, I think Dalton Schultz can be a good fantasy player. But him getting, to me, overdrafted in some points, like third, fourth round in some drafts that I'm seeing, woo, no, sir. No, sir. And he's coming off a, what, 900-yard uh, season? I think he's a good fantasy tight end. Don't get it twisted. But I think there's other options deep in the draft. Zach Ertz, Irv Smith, again, who finally got the job from Kyle Rudolph, things of that nature. Um, next rule, look at people's O-lines, dude. You ha- Go look at O-lines, man. You think it's a coincidence the Eagles can run over everybody? No. You think it's wild that Leonard Fournette randomly pops up as a fucking top 10 uh, fantasy running back now? No. They all got top 5-0 lines without Ryan Jensen. So now that's why I even see an improvement from Joe Mixon this year because of the the revamping of the O-line over there in Cincinnati. That's why I like Jamar Chase better getting open on the deep routes and things of that nature in that offense. You have to look at O-lines because that's why I didn't touch Seattle. Why would you touch a Seattle player right now? Why would you touch DK Metcalf? Why did you touch him last year? Is my question. They got Russell Wilson, bro. Okay. What else they got? Like, gotta look at shit kind of different when they have a horrible O-line. That's why I think everybody on Seattle is undraftable to me. If I get, like, DK in the eighth round, I'm not joking, the seventh, eighth round, I will take him. But those are untouchable players. Now, Am I saying he is a 7th or 8th round pick in real life? Like, in real life, is he a 7th or 8th round play? No, of course not. But, to me, that team is going to be really shitty on offense. Really shitty. Um, Next rule, the back of the jersey rule. Now, this is just a common thing in sports, man. Stop looking at the back of that jersey. If they're old, if they're washed up, or if they're... You see they had a bad season, and you just ignore it because it's him, bro. It's fucking him. Do I need to take another shot at Kevin Durant? It's him. He's going to recover from that. Da-da-da. Like, back of the jersey. Todd Gurley was that for me. Like, bro, he's Todd fucking Gurley. He was. He put up 400 points by himself in a standard league not too long ago. I'm going to keep taking him. Well, his knees are hurt. His knees are hurt real bad, Hunter. Or, and don't keep them. Dude. I know you want to sit with your guys. This is another rule. I'm just doing this now. It kind of goes into the back of the jersey thing. Dude, I know you want to stick it out with your guys because I'm kind of like that. And I've tried to break that trend slowly but surely, right? Man, you got to let him go, right? You can draft the guy and think he's the shit. Once again, Allen Robinson. I let him stay on my roster for four weeks last year. And I said, I can't do it anymore, man. I got better options than this. I'm cutting them, and I dropped them. I dropped them after four or five weeks, I believe. Dropped them clean off the roster because you can't just sit there and pray he does something. Because then now you look and you see this dude putting up five points 
six points in a full PPR. That was probably season high was eight, I think. And you go, damn, man, he's got to get it going. No, you got to fucking Bill Belichick that shit. No emotions. Get him the fuck out of your lineup. Get him out. Stop sticking with dudes just because you like them, okay? Just because they're on your favorite team. Cut them. Get rid of them. And once again, stop overrating legends. And just like Aaron Rodgers, right? Aaron Rodgers is arguably the what? The third best quarterback who's ever played the game? Second best, whatever you wherever you rate him. Are you taking him in fantasy? Like, I don't expect him to have an MVP-type season this year with the new weapons he has, all these this young group that he has. I think it's going to be a run-heavy offense, play-action rollouts, chopping down with the sticks and praying to score 24 to 28 a game. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is not amazing. I'm telling you from a fantasy perspective, this guy probably come out there and throw 30 touchdowns and three interceptions, like dead ass will do that. And he'll have a great season. But in fantasy, I don't want that guy. All right? I don't. So back of the jersey. Another one. And I have an example for this one. Look at the trends in backfields. Look at previous years. Why do you think your lead back is going to be a lead back? Jonathan Taylor, why? Uh, we saw it. 30 carries a game. Christian McCaffrey, why? We saw it. Even when Nick Chubb was sharing carries uh, sharing carries with Kareem Hunt, he was still the lead back. He was the workhorse. Now, and I thought that Kareem Hunt shit was kind of overrated in the sense that, uh, or over, like, analyzed, where you go, wait, he's not taking over his role. He had a couple really good games while Nick Chubb was out, and then they used him, and he was getting this touchdown variance Kareem Hunt was of catching touchdowns, but... Nick Chubb is 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns a season every year. But then I go and look at the Patriots' backfield. Why is everybody so high on Ramondre Stevens? Stevenson? Sorry. Well, he was a good prospect. <clears throat> when Damian Harris was out, he did well. We've heard all these talks that he, he's, he's, you know, he's going to be the guy in the future last year. That's what they said. Well, I would just cautiously tell you, like, I'm kind of cautious on drafting any running back that has ever been in a Patriots uniform. Name the last time, name the last time they had a workhorse running back. Do you consider James White a workhorse? Maybe, because he's getting a lot of catches, a lot of snaps. But before that, name one. LeGarrette Blunt, that one year that he went crazy. Other than that, when have you seen them have a workhorse running back? Even last year with a rookie quarterback, they didn't have one. And now with this whole, he's taking a step up, his body's better, da-da-da, and Matt Patricia is now the offensive play-calling genius, right? Do you really expect them to be like Ramondre Stevenson is having a 1,000-yard year while their starter from last year, their starter from last year is still in the roster? I don't know. I would be very cautious. Very, very cautious. And remember, one fumble. In in New England, you are one fumble away from losing your job entirely. All right? So I'm just saying. Trends with backfields are really important. Like, don't touch the Redskins running back. <sighs> Excuse me. Not to be racist. Commanders running back. I'm not touching them. Why would you touch them? There's too much, too many variables that go into that. Okay, and I don't even think Carson Wentz is going to look at a dump down, if you want to be honest. 
a little a little check down to the running back. I don't think he's dumping it off over there. And yeah, like the Bills, I'm not touching the Bills running backs. The Falcons offense, I'm not touching, but the Falcons have a crazy backfield right now. Oh, and oh, this just made me think. My bad. Best players or uh best seasons and worst seasons. Be my guest of of drafting James Conner this year. That was my example. I forgot. I put in the video yesterday. Be my guest, please. I would love for you to draft him in the second or third round because you think he's going to soar, what, 15 touchdowns again? Is that what you think? When he was basically a backup running back and then he comes in, oh, James Conner with two 40-yard touchdowns. Yeah, if he turns into the – this is – I mean, that's his best season. The way he did is more impressive than when he beat cancer. Okay? That was an incredible season. But I don't think he's going to fucking do it again. That's all I'm saying. All right, trends with backfields. Um, oh, when I was talking about Travis Kelsey, this is what I meant. Guys, fantasy football is not about the year-end ranking on your team. Okay? As in individual players. Now, it sounds cool to have that. Like, damn, I got the I have the running backs. I used to say this all the time. How the fuck do I have the running back seven, the running back two, the seventh wide receiver, the ninth wide receiver, and I'm losing? This is a week-by-week league. There, it, this is not about how your team looks at the end of the year. Now, obviously, the result matters, but I mean overall ranking in points. It's, it's much different. Like Kyle Pitts last year, right? He ended the year tied in number seven. Week to week, he was tied in 13. Not too shabby, man. And be my guest getting him too. Because I'm just saying, how many touchdowns? All right, let's say in the best case scenario, how many touchdowns is Marcus Mariota throwing? 22? How good do you think Mac Jones is, right? He threw for 22 touchdowns last year. Derek Carr threw for 23 last year. Do you think he's going to have that many touchdowns? Do you? Because you would be mistaken. I think that offense is not touchable, and you can get Kyle Pitts if you want. And pray he gets a touchdown every week. And yes, you can talk about target share and all that bullshit because they're going to be down in games and they're going to have to score. There's much more competent teams like the Jaguars who I think are going to have to score, and they actually have some weapons out there. All right? And then uh, one of the final rules, man, you got to handcuff your running backs. Your RB1s, you got to handcuff them. Because right when you lose them, the piranhas come out. They will feast on those little points that you hate to see because you're like, if my fucker was healthy, if I had Naheem Hines while, while Jonathan Taylor got hurt, I would be balling right now. You would. You should have gotten Naheem Hines already. And I'm not saying overdraft him, but if you're at this point in the draft where, you know, you got two running backs, three running backs, however many you want on your roster, your flex spots tightened up, you got a defense, or if you don't draft defenses till the last round, I'm a weirdo, I like defenses higher, uh, to be honest, because I think that in standard leagues, they, they can take you over the top if you get the number one defense. They can't, it's just a fact. Um, and then, you know, you got everything locked up and you only have like a tight end spot left 
Uh, you could take a quarterback or your handcuff. To be honest, I'm probably taking a quarterback, but I wouldn't mind somebody taking a handcuff over a quarterback because you're going to get value at quarterback. I mean, there's only 12 people that can draft. 14 league, get your quarterback, bro. You're probably drafting a quarterback really high in a 14-man draft. But, you know, there's just value in having that that handcuff because guys like Alexander Madison, an obvious, like, he's a, he's a, he's a top 10 RB every time he starts, right? But you have to also realize who is worth handcuffing. And it's okay to take a late-round flyer and randomly choose a handcuff guy if you don't know their backfield that well. You know, like, there's those backfields where it was like, I had Christian McCaffrey got hurt. Chuba Hubbard kind of got work, and then Amir Abdullah got work, and then it's all mixed around. So you don't really know who's getting the workload. But in the case of Damian Harris going out, Ramondre Stevenson gets the workload. It's a obvious he's the number two. And Brandon Bolden will steal a touchdown every once in a while from you, but you got a good handcuff. So keep handcuffing your RBs. If you have an elite number one guy, you get that guy, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, those type guys, you must handcuff them. Or in explosive offenses, even with a lower tier guy, or a guy that gets a lot of volume, even like I would say a, a Brees Hall, I think his name is, that went to the Jets, drafted by the Jets. If he goes out, get his backup. But that backfield is also juiced up. So that one's going to be hard as well. So, you know, and then the last one. The last fucking rule is don't be the don't care guy. Like, I don't care. Who gives a fuck? I I don't give a shit. I don't, And that's me. About... Halfway through the season, I start saying I don't care because I have two rolled ankles and I'm out of playoff contention in a standard league. Also, I guess make a rule, at least make it half point PPR. Because you're going to be screwed if you don't. You know, and just don't be the don't care guy because then it turns its ugly head on you. You say you don't care. Then this happened with Bates, a man who needs therapy. You go, I don't give a shit anymore. I lost. My players are all hurt. Da, da, da. You get healthy, and then you start making excuses. You start telling everybody why you should have been in the playoffs, or damn, that rule in this league is so dumb. Sounds like me, doesn't it? It is me. So then you just you start looking like a dipshit because you don't care. Your team goes off, right? Your team goes off, and then you're like, yeah, that's what I thought. See, this is my team with my full potential. Okay, cool. And that's another problem. I'll talk about this too. If you're relying on superstars, Bates' team sucked dick, all right? Horrible squad. All he had was Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, George Kittle, and Brandon Cooks. Those are his best players. Yeah, I know. Best? So he's he would literally go into his draft going or into the week going, yeah, I, I can win, man. If If Aaron Rodgers gives me about 36... And and Devontae Adams gives me about 42. And I'm like, what? 42? One week he did give him 40 when he said it, though. <laughs> he did give him 40. But if you're relying on guys to just absolutely have their best weeks of the season every week, you're gonna your team's fucked as well. All right? Your team is fucked as well. And then my last one, honestly, is the boomer bust rule, man. Do not take a boom or bust player, boom or bust player, before the seventh round, man. 
I would say probably seventh or eighth. And sometimes you're in that position where you have to, right? Let's say you got a loaded ass squad. You got uh one one. You got R one or P one R one R one P one round one pick one. Um, why didn't I just say it? And then you know you got Jonathan Taylor. Then you got a receiver. Then you got a running back. Then you got a receiver. Then you got a tight end. Whatever you're filling your roster out. And then you're at this weird point where, okay, I got some pretty good players, and this position is, a, I have a, a guaranteed wide receiver one or wide receiver two. Don't fool yourself. Once again, evaluate your roster correctly. Don't fall in love with your pick because it's your team, so you're in the Super Bowl this year. I'm going to make it to the finals because I drafted them. Yeah, we all think that. You need to sell the fuck down, buddy. Then I'm down for you taking one early. If you take a boomer bus guy early and your fucking team is, you got pretty good rosters and all that. But remember, make sure that boomer bus guy is a flex. He is not your wide receiver too. He may end up being that, but not right now. He makes sure you're RB, you have two RBs. Do not make this guy a dude that's in position where you're relying on him. Do not make that guy the place where you have to rely on him. Put him in a position where you have to rely on him to win weeks or your team will be fucked. You sound telling me how your team will be fucked, buddy? Just letting you know. All right. So, um, well, that's 30 minutes. I mean, shit, that's about a 45-minute pod. You know, I gave you three, uh, 12 rules. The last time I did this was 48 minutes. Um, probably more jokes, more good shit, more stories about fantasy. But I am done for the day. Remember. Best sleeper, best value, undraftable player coming at you this week. I'll probably drop two a week until the football season starts. I may have to drop more than that, though, because if I'm doing the math, we're already in preseason. There's what? There's eight divisions, eight divisions, and I'll have to get through those. So I'm trying to drop them within two weeks. So I'll be popping them bitches out, be looking for them. Short, sweet videos, eight to ten minutes, just giving you some some players that I like, and then I'll just have a general fantasy football video where I talk about people I like and where they're going, and I may do some, um, uh, some. they're called mock drafts, Hunter. They're called mock drafts. I might do uh, some mock drafts on here and see where I got people and who I like and see how the board shapes out for me. So thank y'all for listening. I love y'all. I'm back now, bitches. Suck my dick. I'm here. I'm here now. The pod goat is fucking out. Shooting the shit with sand.